Hello, good evening, and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna. I'm your host, Harry Simu. And on this edition, we're going to be talking a little bit about transfers, but we're largely going to be reacting to Mikel Arteta's press conference ahead of the Community Shield, in which he provided us with plenty of updates and plenty to get our teeth into. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna. Uh, how are you doing? Uh, welcome to the show. It is absolutely pissing it down with rain here in North London. The thunder started. haven't seen any lightning yet, uh, but I expect that that is not too far away as well. The weather is terrible, um, which uh, is a little bit depressing when you've just come back from holiday, but it is what it is. We get on with it and we move on. Let's talk about Arsenal, uh, which is what we're obviously here to do. Um, I want to say a big hello to every single one of you who is currently with us in the live chat, whether you're watching us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube, uh, and of course, a big hello to those of you listening back to this on the audio as well. Um, we really appreciate all of your support. And once again, I want to thank you guys for taking us over the 6K YouTube subscriber mark. Uh, just yesterday, or was it yesterday? Yeah, I think it was yesterday. Uh, so a big thank you to all of you guys for that and for your continued support. We're going to start off today's stream by uh, dissecting Mikel Arteta's press conference because it really, really was uh, an interesting one. Of course, Arsenal take on Liverpool in the Community Shield final on Saturday. And Mikel Arteta has been speaking ahead of that game. He faced the press and discussed a number of issues. Um, He's been talking about a little bit about the mentality um, in terms of how difficult it's been trying to get ready for a season so soon after the last one's finished. Uh, but there are some more sort of, uh, I guess, interesting points, I want to say, that jump out to me uh, from this press conference. So we're going to go into those as well. I'm going to share uh, my screen with you guys. Uh, for those of you watching us on YouTube, don't worry if you're listening via audio. I am going to uh, read through um, the, the quotes that I want to highlight as well. So uh, just uh, bear with me and uh, let's uh, let's start dissecting it. Um, he was asked, of course, if anybody's failed a COVID test since coming back. Uh, we've heard today that Paul Pogba of Manchester United um, has been found to, to have coronavirus. I'm sure we're going to hear of more cases as well, especially given that the players, a lot of them did go off on holiday. Um, not entirely sure that that was a smart idea, uh, allowing players to do that. But I also understand that they're human beings and they're well within their rights to go on holiday. You can't stop them. It's, it's a very, very difficult situation. Um, but on whether anyone was quarantining or has failed the test since coming back, Mikel Arteta said, no, we've been through all different moments with all the restrictions and all the rules from the government and the Premier League's testing. It's always so unexpected what's going to happen the next day, but we're trying to adapt and get the team in the best possible way to compete on Saturday. He was also asked, understandably, about the Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang contract situation. And lots of people have been... Um, Getting a little bit nervous about this now because we keep hearing that the deal's done. We keep being told that it is completed, that uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has agreed to extend his Arsenal stay. He's committed his future to the club. 
yet we still have no announcement. And so understandably, people are getting a little bit nervy. People are getting a little bit concerned. Uh, on that, Mikel Arteta said this, I keep being positive. We have had some really good talks with him and his agent, and I'm pretty confident that we're going to find an agreement soon. That's my feeling again. Um, obviously, you know, Mikel Arteta, in my opinion, wouldn't be speaking in such a confident manner if he wasn't pretty sure uh, that this deal was done. I do believe that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has already agreed a new deal with Arsenal, but Mikel Arteta is hardly going to come out in a press conference and do it uh, and, and announce it in that way. I think it's always going to be, um, you know, some... It's always going to be in, done in a certain way. There's always going to be the big announcement and the big sort of hullabaloo that comes with uh, somebody like uh, uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang signing a, a contract extension. It would be significant news. It would be huge news. And I say what I've said previously in that if we do get this Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang deal over the line, that will be the most important bit of business that Arsenal do this summer, regardless of who else comes in or whatever other deals we get done. I maintain that bringing him in um, or signing him up, sorry, would be the biggest piece of business we can do. Um, moving on, uh, of course, he discussed a range of other issues as well. Um, it's probably a good time to tell you guys that you can fire your questions in the live chat whilst we're going through the press conference stuff, transfer related, whatever you want. And we'll come to those between now and the end of the stream. Uh, we'll be answering as many of those as we possibly can within the allotted time. And I'm interested to hear your thoughts as well. So get them in the chat box as well on all the subjects that we are discussing uh, on this live stream. Um, anyway, let's continue going through the press conference. Um, on Willian's ambition to win the Champions League and Gabriel. Now, of course, Willian has been quoted as saying that Mikel Arteta's three-year plan to win the Champions League is one of the things that persuaded him uh, to come to Arsenal and made him feel like he was, um, you know, going to the right place. And, and Arteta said this, well, it's the right spirit. I want players who are optimistic and willing and they want to win for our club. That is the feeling I got from the first day I met Willian. He is not satisfied with what he has done in his career, which is a lot and he's going to bring some special qualities for our team. And the type of attitude and mentality that you just mentioned in your question. Regarding Gabriel, we cannot announce anything yet. The deal is not finalised. You all know he is a player that we have followed for a long time, and hopefully we can get it done. So again, um, we all believe that the deal is done. The information that we've had is that the deal is done. The information that is being drip fed to us via the media is that it's done. But again, I'll go back to what I said before. Mikel Arteta isn't going to make that announcement in a press conference. Um, he's bought the, the, the guys a few more days. Um, obviously, focus shifts now to Saturday's game. That's what's um, the key focus in Mikel Arteta's mind. And then we can get back on the transfer bandwagon after that. But um, it suggests to me that we're not going to get an announcement um maybe before the end of the week. Look, initially, I thought that we'd get announcements on, on Gabriel and Aubameyang actually um, this week. And we still might. There's still tomorrow or today, if you're listening on the audio. There's still Friday. Um, and what a boost it would be, wouldn't it, going into the Community Shield if um, if uh, we did get those two announcements on, uh, on Friday um, and we were told that 
the pair had signed um, Aubameyang a new deal and Gabriel for the club. So, yeah, look, I wouldn't rule it being done tomorrow out just yet. Um, I really, really wouldn't. Um, on the deal for Gabriel, he elaborated a little, little uh, a little bit, sorry. Um, he said, well, everything is OK when both parties sign and the player agrees the terms and he goes through the medical. Sometimes that in the final stages is not as easy as it looks, but we're pretty positive that we can do it again. Mikel Arteta giving us a little bit, um, but not committing. Um, but saying he's confident again or, or that he's positive, you don't say that unless you know. Um, so, again, you know, Mikel Arteta is almost Answering the question for us without really giving a definitive answer. Read between the lines, guys. Um, when asked about the competition in regards to Gabriel and the competition that we faced in trying to get him, he said, again, when we get him, I'll be very pleased. He's a player that we followed and we're very determined that it was the right profile for us to improve our squad. If we are able to finalise it, again, he's teasing, we will be delighted. So, um, yeah. Um, it's positive noises, I would say, if you read in between the lines. I know a lot of people are getting a little bit worried and saying, is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? Don't get twitchy. Look, it, it For me, reading between the lines of what Mikel Arteta is saying, it feels very much like these deals uh, are literally in the stage where we're um, preparing announcements, crossing the I's, dotting the T's, etc., etc. So just remain patient. Uh, for the time being. That's what I would say. Um, he was asked about Ainsley Maitland-Niles, who, of course, has been the subject of interest from Wolverhampton Wanderers. We heard yesterday that Wolverhampton um, Wanderers had had a bid turned down for Ainsley Maitland-Niles, a bid of around about £50 million. Um, but here's what Mikel Arteta had to say on Ainsley Maitland-Niles leaving for Wolves. He said, yes, we are reading a lot of news about our players which is not bad that other clubs want him. But with Ainsley, he's a player that I've said since I joined that I really like. The best way to show that is that I have played him in the most important games of the season. And he responded really well. So that's where we are with the player. When asked if he'd be allowed to go, he said this. I'm always open to listening to what the player is feeling at every stage of their career. And then I can give them my opinion of how I see them, what I expect from them. And if we have the right understanding, then we have to move forward together. If there is something that doesn't work, then we have to assess it with the player and the club and then find the right decision for both of them. So very non-committal on that. Um, Mikel Arteta, but we we have it on good authority that Wolverhampton Wanderers um, have uh, ha have had a bid rejected. Now the question is, will Mikel Arteta's stance change if the offer is upped? Who knows? If it means that Mikel Arteta can go out and get somebody who he regards as his one of his top priorities this summer, will he do the deal? I think he probably will. I've got to be honest. As much as he likes Ainsley Maitland-Niles, does he see him as a key component to his first team? Does he see him as someone who he wants to play week in, week out, who is indispensable to this squad? I'm not convinced uh, that he does at this moment in time. And therefore, um, I I'd still stick by my original point of view, which was, if the right money is on the table, Mikel Arteta's stance will change, in my opinion. 
Right, before we continue, just a quick pause to remind you guys to smash that like button if you're watching us live on YouTube at the moment. Um, we are on 25 likes and there's over 100 of you watching across the, all the multiple platforms at the moment. So if you haven't already, smash the like button. Subscribe to us if you're new as well. If you're watching on Twitter, give us a follow um, and you know the drill by now. Let's continue on. Um, again, he was asked about Gabriel. Uh, silly. Um, I mean, why you would ask the same question that's just been asked? Uh, he was asked how close uh, Gabriel is to signing. And he said, we're trying to finalise a deal. That's what I can tell you at the moment, pretty much as, as you were then. Uh, waste of a question. And that is really, really frustrating as a journalist when you're, you're in a press conference and you hear a shit question being asked. Um, it just feels like a waste because you only get a limited amount of time. Um, often the the first question in a press conference is huge in terms of leading the direction of the press conference. And if it's a bad one, uh, you can often damage your chances of getting anything decent out of the manager. And I know that wasn't the first question, but for me, it just feels silly when you've you've already had that answered earlier on. He's not going to give you any more. He's made that fucking clear. Um, on reintegrating Matteo Genduzzi. Now, this is the really, really interesting part from today's press conference, if you ask me, because, of course, Matteo Genduzzi has been the subject of much criticism from the Arsenal fan base, in particular me. I've been very, very critical of Matteo Genduzzi and everything that's been happening with him um, and the attitude that he's shown. And, you know, I've even been... Um, critical of him as a player. Aside from his attitude, I felt like at times he's been overrated by certain sections of the fan base. I feel like he's branded as this world-class talent who is undoubtedly going to develop into one of world football's best midfielders. And I don't think he's shown that yet. I think we've seen glimpses of someone who very much could become a very good player um, in the future. Someone who is on the the brink of or, or on the borderline of going from being yeah no that's I'm going down the wrong path here. Matteo Genduzzi is someone who he lets his emotions dictate the way he plays football. And at times that is great and it's you know something that you use to fuel you and to drive you on. But equally there is a balance that needs to be found with that. And what I mean by that is you need to um you need to be able to curb that in the right way. You can't afford to let it spill over. You can't afford to let it make you do stupid things. And Matteo Genduzzi has shown that he can, he is in danger of letting his emotions get the better of him. And we've seen that, um, you know, add to that, that he apparently wouldn't apologize uh, to Mikel Arteta. He wouldn't accept that he'd done anything wrong when there've been a number of incidents um, suggesting that his attitude is not what it needs to be, then, you know, it's you got to look at him as someone who's been very stubborn and has probably set himself back. Having come into the football club and accelerated in terms of his development so quickly in terms of establishing himself in the team so early on in his Arsenal career, despite having played very little, if any, actually top, top flight football previously. And then he just kind of just went backwards by by acting like a prat, to be quite frank. And, you know, we've all been talking about 
using him to raise some money this summer? Can we cash in on him? Is he somebody that people would be interested in buying, given his young age, given what he has shown in terms of his ability on the pitch? But at one stage, you know, we, we've, we've been looking at it and we've been saying, well, you know, we thought that lots of clubs will be queuing up to sign Matteo Genduzzi, but there's not even been rumours. There haven't even been whispers that Matteo Genduzzi is attracting the interest of any of the European big boys, of anyone who would be close or, or, or capable of, of laying down a massive fee, a fee that would allow us and enable us to go on um, and replace him and bring in other people. So, you know, it feels like this is kind of, is it that Arsenal have forgiven him? Is it that Mikel Arteta and him are actually going to start with a clean slate? Because I genuinely feel like if he gets on board with Mikel Arteta, that Mikel Arteta can develop him into a better player than he currently is. So, you know, it's in his interests to to get on board with Mikel Arteta. It looks as though he's not going to get the big move. Um, away the 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 move that lots of us actually probably want because of the fee that could come for him and and as i said it would enable us to do other business but um it doesn't look like that's the case when asked about him being reintegrated into the squad this is what um Matteo Genduzzi had to say. He said, I've been really clear that everybody starts from zero all the time in football. What you did two weeks ago or two years ago doesn't really matter. It's what you are able to contribute to the team now. Everybody's going to have the same opportunities. They'll have to show with their performances and their attitude that they are better than their teammates or somehow contributing to what we want to achieve this season. Um, so Mikel Arteta making the point that it's a clean slate for uh, for Matteo Genduzzi. How much of that I believe, I'm not entirely sure at this moment, but that's uh, the rhetoric that Mikel Arteta is going with at the moment. Uh, big hello to uh, former Arsenal striker Kevin Campbell, Arsenal legend. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us. He's watching us via Facebook at the moment. It's an absolute pleasure to have you watching. Thank you so much. And in regards to Matteo Genduzzi, he says, who wants to risk good money on a player who has issues that can disrupt a dressing room, uh, suggesting that that is probably why we've seen a, a lack of interest, a lack of uh, concrete bids for Matteo Genduzzi up until this point. Um, he went on to, to answer a couple of more bits and pieces about Genduzzi, and he was asked whether he'd spoken to him during the pre-season or the off-season, I should say, and he just replied with a yes. Um, and he said, he was speaking about whether he's happy with what's gone on with regards to Matteo Genduzzi. And he said to tell him exactly that he's going to be part of the team. And at the moment, he's like any other player in our squad. He deserves, first of all, to be treated exactly the same. And I will do that to my best capability. There you go. Um, so Mikel Arteta making it clear that from his end, things have been, I'm not going to say he's forgotten about it or that things have been completely ironed out, but he is going to give Matteo Genduzzi an opportunity to prove his worth, it seems. That is what um, we're taking from that. So um, it looks as though Matteo Genduzzi is going to be given another opportunity at Arsenal. And therefore, it looks as though he will not 
be leaving the Emirates Stadium this summer. Now, that's not to say that if a massive bid comes in, Arsenal won't have their heads turned. Arsenal won't be open to it, considering they've had issues with this player before. But at this moment in time, what I'm reading would suggest that Mikel Arteta is going to give him an opportunity for the time being and that there has been no concrete interest um, for Matteo Genduzzi. Just reading between the lines again. Um, but that's what I take from that. Um, he was also asked about Danny Ceballos. Of course, that's a big thing at the moment, isn't it? We would be incredibly short in the midfield, incredibly short of top quality midfielders, I would say, if... Um, if Danny Sabaos does not return to the Emirates Stadium this summer. Um, but we know that Real Madrid at the moment are digging their heels in at the moment over Danny Sabaos. They do not want to let Danny Sabaos go back out on loan. They've made it clear from the very off that if Arsenal were to cough up around about 27 million euros is the figure that's been quoted, they would be happy to do business with Arsenal for a deal uh, regarding Danny Sabaos. My gut feeling on this is that Arsenal are trying desperately to get him in on a loan and a loan that means he will um, be with us for one more season before maybe having an obligation uh, to buy him. But it just feels like Arsenal are just trying to delay making that payment by another year in the hope that they will be in a better financial position, that they will uh, achieve Champions League qualification, which will subsequently help them in that department. So, as I've said throughout this window, it feels as though Arsenal are trying desperately to just delay that payment whilst acquiring Danny Sabalas' services for another year. Mikel Arteta had this to say. He said, well, we have some talks and Danny knows really well what I think about him. He was pretty clear with me as well that his intention was to remain with us. But obviously Real Madrid is involved and I don't know yet what they want to do with the player. But he's a player that we are interested in because we really saw in the last few months of the season what he is capable of bringing to us. There you go. Um, so Mikel Arteta uh, letting the cat out of the bag in terms of uh, what Danny Ceballos has told him he wants to do, and that is to remain at Arsenal. So we're going to have to wait and see if a deal can be agreed between the parties um, involved and if Danny Ceballos will be wearing an Arsenal shirt um, in the 2020-21 campaign. Fingers crossed he is, um, but there's a long way to go on this one still. Uh, he was also asked about Mohamed Elneny's future. And we spoke a little bit about Mohamed Elneny yesterday. And I said to you that my gut feeling was that I do think Mikel Arteta will give Mohamed Elneny the opportunity to prove himself. But if, if an offer comes across the table for the Egyptian, given that he's played such a bit part role for Arsenal, given that he was out on loan for the entirety of last season, would the club take it? Yeah, I think they would. I think they would be looking... Uh, to, um, you know, to to improve in the midfield positions. I don't think Moel Nenny necessarily would represent an improvement. But as I said, we'd be short in midfield if we didn't get Sabios back. If Genduzi um, doesn't sort of mend things with, with Mikel Arteta. And therefore, if he did prove himself, I wouldn't completely rule out the possibility of Mohamed Nenny staying. And I can see, I can hear you guys uh, kicking off about it. Nobody wants to keep Mohamed Elneny. Get rid of him. He represents a bad era in Arsenal's history. One of the worst recruits we've brought in in a long time. That's the kind of opinion that I'm seeing on social media in regards to the Egyptian. But for me, um, 
I wouldn't rule anything out at the moment. Um, here's what Mikel Arteta said. Uh, he actually played with, with Mohamed Elneny and he said this, well, I know Mo really well. I played with him. So I know what he can be and I know his strengths and weaknesses really well. He's a really positive character to have around and he has some really good qualities as well. And like anybody else, in the moment that he is with us, he will be given all our support and the best possible environment for them to perform as high as they can. On whether he thinks he'll stay, he said, we don't know. The 6th of October is still too far. As I said, it's pretty unpredictable to know what's going to happen. So again, Mikel Arteta, non-committal on a player's future, this time Mohamed Elneny's. But um, I didn't actually realise off the top of my head, actually, that he played alongside uh, Mohamed Elneny. Uh, that completely slipped my mind. So that's interesting. Um, how does Mikel Arteta view him? How does he see him? I don't know. Um, that, that's a really, really interesting point and an interesting sort of side note to this story, I guess. Um, right, guys, if you haven't already, um, please, please do smash that like button. There are over 200 of you currently tuned in via the um, multiple platforms that we're streaming on at the moment, but we've only got 59 likes on YouTube. Let's try and get that up to 100 as soon as possible. Um, and once we do, we'll come to your questions and your comments in the chat. So please, please do smash that like button. Let's see the count increase. Um, as I've said time and time again, it is so, so important for the channel and it really, really helps us. Um, another interesting uh, point was... Uh, around about Bern Leno and, um, of course, uh, Martinez. You know, there's lots and lots uh, being discussed about that because, of course, Martinez came in and deputised for Bern Leno towards the back end of the season and done so well. He really, really did. He gave a great account of himself. Um, but I still believe that Bern Leno will be the number one. Mikel Arteta refused to be drawn on that, really, and he spoke about um, that, how good it is to have two top quality goalkeepers at your disposal, which I agree with. And as I've said time and time again, with the fixtures coming thick and fast and we expect, uh, you know, it to be a tricky calendar again, of course, the season is going to be slightly shorter um, because of everything that's gone on. Plus the fact that we're in the Europa League again, which at one stage didn't look like it was going to be the case, means we're going to have a, a huge amount of games to contend with this season. And the importance of a squad um, is, you know, it can't be undervalued, surely. So, yeah, I, I think they'll both get opportunities. And, but I do still think that Bern Leno is probably just slightly uh, Mikel Arteta's number one at this moment in time. Uh, let's come over to the chat box. Let's have a look at what some of you guys are saying um, with regards to the topics we've been discussing so far. Um, we're on 78 likes, so a significant rise since I mentioned it. Uh, just 22 more to get to that magic 100 mark. So if you haven't, please uh, do hit that button. Um, da -da 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 -da. Um, Stan the Man says, the only person to show any interest in Genduzi was Emery. And that should tell you everything you need to know about his talent level. I think everybody who's ever tuned into this channel is well aware of my feelings and my thoughts on uh, on Unai Emery. So, um, yeah, uh, I I agree that Genduzi has been overrated um, by a large proportion of this fan base. Do I think he's got no talent whatsoever, though? No, I think that is a harsh assessment. I think there are 
there are certainly physically there are things that you could work with on Matteo Genduzzi. He's got a very big frame. Um, he's not afraid to put himself about. He's got a tenacity to him um, as well, which is something you could work with. But again, it's all about what I said earlier. You've got to channel these things in the right way. I genuinely do believe that if him and Mikel Arteta can start singing from the same hymn sheet, that Mikel Arteta has the abilities as a coach to really, really improve Matteo Genduzzi. But if, um, if that is... Uh, going to happen remains to be seen so we'll have to stay patient on that but you know hopefully he's learned his lesson if he is going to stay then hopefully we can put that behind us very quickly and just move on and fingers crossed we'll see the best of him um in the season to come let's see what else we've got here um Ogachukwu says are we still going for Partey um I, you know, there's been a lot of reports and we discussed this in, in quite a lot of detail yesterday. So I don't really want to get too drawn up on it in this show. But we spoke about the Partey thing. And I genuinely think that if things change, and when I say if things change, I mean, if Arsenal can raise some money from some other deals, um, I do think that we will be knocking on Atletico Madrid's door. I maintain he's been Arsenal's number one transfer target throughout this window. But Perhaps selling maybe an Ainsley Maitland-Niles um, would bridge that gap in terms of what we can actually afford to pay and what Atletico Madrid are demanding, in which case that would change things. What I have learned, though, in the last couple of days is that Atletico Madrid are working behind the scenes to try and, and, and give Thomas Partey an improved contract, an improved contract that would see his minimum fee release clause boosted up significantly. There's talk coming out of Spain that they're considering moving it up to 100 million euros, in which case that would take Arsenal completely out of the race. But whilst the situation is at it as it is with regards to Thomas Partey with a 50 million euro release clause, I do think that Arsenal are still going to be circling. Arsenal are still going to be interested. Um, what else have we got here in the live comments? Lots and lots uh, coming through. Um, apologies if I miss some of them. The, the chat box is constantly updating. Over 250 of you watching us now across the multiple platforms live. Um, so I do apologize if I, I do miss some of your comments. Um, what else have we got here? Um, <laughs> lots of people commenting on Genduzi. Uh, Kartik says, suddenly, why does everyone hate Mateo? Don't forget he was our player of the month earlier in the season. Yeah, look, there have been positive signs from Mateo Genduzi at times, but also been, there's also been some real overhype. There's been some real um, sort of just people running away with what this guy is capable of. Um, so, yeah, we've we've got to chill out. We've got to be a bit more relaxed. Look, I hope that Matteo Genduzzi um, can turn it around. And I hope that he develops into a top, top player and that he produces on a regular basis for Arsenal. Of course I do. But for me, he's still got a lot of convincing to do. Excuse me. Um, right, let's see what else we've got here. Uh, Maximus, he's got a, a completely different view um, on Genduzzi. He says, we need creativity. And if we persist with the trash we have in midfield, we're going to fall even further behind. So apologies, not just about Genduzi, but he clearly feels like Arsenal need uh, more quality um, 
in the midfield area. And that's hard to disagree with. I think everybody will probably agree with you that we've been lacking that little bit of creative spark in the middle of the park. But what I will say to that is we've been playing a system which is so, it's a system which relies so heavily on the wing backs and the front three creating opportunities rather than it coming from the midfield. We're playing with a very deep lie in midfield at the moment. Um, do I think that's the way Mikel Arteta wants to play in the future and in the long term? No, I don't. But I think we have to take that in mind and, and take that into consideration when we're talking about the lack of creativity given by, for example, Sabios and Xhaka. Do they have the license to get further up the pitch in this current system? I don't think they do. And and that's because the wing backs have got that license instead. Mikel Arteta has opted to give those guys that freedom rather than the midfield too. And therefore, naturally, you're going to see a drop off in goals and assists from the midfield areas. So I, as much as I agree that we could do with a lot more creativity in the middle of the park, I also have to caveat it with that. And I also think that just disregarding that fact is plain wrong and it's not telling uh, the true the true story. Uh, what else have we got here? Um Uh, Tawana says, what if Mikel making a U-turn on Genduzi is due to deals becoming more difficult to get over the line? We may have to sell before we get players in. Sabios, Partey and a young creative midfield player. So I'm assuming those are the types of players and the profile players that you want to see us get in. Um, obviously, we've already signed Willian. Looks as though Gabriel Magales is, is done as well. Um, would that represent a good window for you? If we were to keep hold of Sabios, Gabriel has come in and William has come in. Would you take that as a good window, Arsenal fans, or do you want more? You might want more, but the reality is that we're we're at the mercy of, of who we sell. That is the reality. And, and whether people like it or not is a different story. And people will say, but where is all the money? Where is all the money? Us questioning where the money is isn't going to change the situation. Arsenal are in the position they're in um, and... We've known for a while now that we were going to come into this window having to sell in order to make significant investment. We also knew that missing out on Champions League football again was going to have a detrimental impact on our finances. We also knew, um, you know, that COVID was going to have some sort of negative impact as it has on clubs right across the globe, not just at Arsenal. Um, let's carry on through the comments. Um, Olan Rewaju, sorry if I've said that wrong, mate. He says, uh, I have a feeling that Gabriel might be under quarantine. That's why he is not being announced. Well, Arsenal have made it very, very clear throughout this process that, um, or, or throughout sort of the last week or so since the, maybe a bit longer since the Gabriel talk really, really started hyping up that they were going to follow the government's guidelines around that. So, you know, we have to be mindful of that. We have to, you know, we have to, you know, we have to follow what's right at the moment. We're seeing hearing so many bloody people um, picking up this virus, even still, even when we've supposedly gotten over the peak. And it is a very, very real problem. And I think it would be um, wrong and, and inconsiderate of football to feel like they were above these restrictions or above these rules. So for that reason, if it is that 
that's the reason why it's been delayed, then fine, I'm okay with that. Um, it is what it is. It's the situation that we find ourselves in. And as I've said, throughout the summer, throughout these last few months, health comes first and it's more important um, than anything else. And, and so, you know, football isn't any different to that. We shouldn't be putting players at risk. We shouldn't be putting staff at risk. We shouldn't be putting anyone at risk um, if we can. So, yeah, um, that, that's a great point, though. Um, I certainly think it's caused difficulty in terms of uh, the club getting, if the deal is indeed done, the, the announcement sorted in terms of the pictures, the interviews and all that. Plus, um, I know that the club got special permission for him to have the medical before starting quarantine. So they've obviously had to go through some channels to make that happen. Um, and again, highlighting the, the difficulty of the current situation. Right, we've hit 100 likes. Thank you so much. We've got over 350 of you now tuned in live. Let's try and get it up to 200 likes. Come on, guys. We've got the viewers in the in the chat at the moment. So please, if you haven't already, smash that like button. As I keep on saying, I keep on beating that drum. It is so, it's so important. So if you could and you haven't already, please do smash that like button. And, and wow, over 300 of you watching us at the moment. Impressive. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, Kevin John on Mohamed Elneny. He says, is Elneny good enough? Probably not. Yes, he had flashes in a previous season. But if anybody can improve a player, Arteta might get the best out of him. For me, try to give him another chance. We need depth. I, I'm i a bit torn on this one because I do feel like the sensible thing would be to move Mohamed Elneny on. But I also have this fear that if we can't get our business done with regards to the midfield transfer targets that we currently have, then we will be left short. And it would be suicidal to go into a season that is going to be so demanding, given what I said earlier on about the number of games we're going to have to play in close proximity. It would be naive of Arsenal to leave themselves in a position where they could be exposed. Therefore, um, I think that unless we get business done, then Elneny stays. The problem is, though, are we relying on the likes of Elneny being sold to get that business done? And it's kind of like we're stuck in between a rock and a hard place. Do Arsenal take the risk of moving him on in the hope that the funds that they receive, and it's not going to be a great deal with regards to Elneny, let's be realistic, is what they need to get uh, something else over the line. If Elneny's sale fee pays for Danny Sabas's loan fee for a season, you'd take that, wouldn't you? Um, so yeah, look, it's a, it's a tough one, but I, I agree when you say that Arteta can improve him. I certainly think that is the case. I certainly think that Mikel Arteta has shown in his brief spell as Arsenal manager so far that he can improve individuals. And so, yeah, like, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if he did stay. Um, but I also appreciate why many people uh, want to see the back of him uh, between now and the end of the transfer window. Um, talking about the goalkeeper situation, Craig says Martinez starts a uh, big hello to Craig from the same old Arsenal podcast. Um, if you haven't subscribed to the same old Arsenal, please head over to the same old Arsenal on YouTube and give them a subscribe. You can also subscribe to them via audio as well. It's a great show. Uh, I'm not just saying that because I'm involved in it. I wasn't on last night's episode and it was a wonderful show. Really enjoyed listening to that back this morning and go and support the Gooners versus cancer cause as well. Something um, that the guys were promoting last night, um, something that we will be promoting as well 
uh, in the next couple of weeks or so. Uh, so please, please do check out the same old Arsenal. Donate to the cause if you can. It is a good cause. I'm sure at some point in another, if we haven't already, we're all going to be touched or our families are going to be touched by cancer in some way, shape or form. So it is a really, really important cause. And if we can do something to help, then then why not? Um, let's move on. Uh, what else have we got here? Um, just uh, scrolling through your comments again. Uh, apologies if I miss some of them. There are so many coming through at the moment. Matt Gray says, I think Gendouzi, the Gendouzi comments mean we aren't getting any significant midfield signings. I can understand why it would be read like that. I really, really can. Um, but I wouldn't be so sure just yet. Um, I still feel like there's a long way to go in this transfer window. There's a lot of stuff to happen. There are a lot of transfers that are going to happen involving other clubs that could have a knock-on effect, a domino effect, make other players available that we didn't necessarily think were. Um, and I trust in Mikel Arteta to go out and do what is necessary within the constraints that he has been given. Um, what else have we got here? Barry Sacconi says, I think Mikel has to be careful. He wants to sell some players, but let's be honest, some of the players they can't sell because there's no offers coming in for them. Hence, we are stuck with them. Agreed. I think a lot of those players will probably, we will be able to move them on, but I think it will probably come towards the end of the transfer window when clubs are feeling as though we're in such a desperate position, they can come in with a really derogatory bid and take them from under our noses. And, and in many ways, we should have expected that. Um, and I think that will be the case with a lot of the players that we've been talking about as uh, potential departures uh, this summer. So, yeah, um, you know, I, I totally agree. I think it is um, a, a shit situation to be in, but it is the reality of the situation we're in. Um what else have we got here? Zion Artist says, Gwenduzi has an attitude problem, but his football talent is undeniable. Very positive uh, outlook on, on what Gwenduzi can bring to the table um, in terms of a player. I think, look, I think there is some talent there. I would caveat that with, though, in my opinion anyway, that talent has been overblown because it's like, and this is the attitude that people have in England, and I've never managed to get my head around it and, you know, is at times you'll be in a football stadium and you will see more appreciation from, you know, a player going in with a hard challenge or throwing his body in the way of something than you would get for a, a wonderful piece of skill. It's just the attitude here in, in England and in the Premier League and in the lower leagues and everything that the that sort of like going full steam 100 miles an hour all the time sort of approach is is valued more than than technical ability i don't really see football like that i i enjoy those moments of course i do as a fan but i think that a lot of the credit that Matteo genduzzi has had since he arrived at arsenal has been driven by what they've seen from his attitude in terms of the way he approaches football matches rather than what his actual technical ability is telling us he can do, if that makes sense. Matthew D'Souza says, I'm starting to worry about Aubameyang. Is he waiting for new signings or is he just going on a free? Um, I would urge you again not to worry about the Aubameyang thing. As I said earlier on, when we were running through Mikel Arteta's press conference from earlier today, 
I think it's not likely that Mikel Arteta would speak so positively uh, about the prospect of Aubameyang signing a new deal if he didn't know that it was very, very close. So I take encouragement from the way Mikel Arteta has spoken about that. And as I said earlier on, um, it feels like we're just crossing the I's, dotting the T's, and an announcement is imminent. Um, see what else we got here. Um, sorry, just uh, scrolling through your comments. So many comments coming through. And again, I've got to apologize if I do miss stuff. It is um, hard to keep scrolling uh, through without skipping through large uh, proportions of it because once you scroll down, you, you to go back up is a nightmare to find where you are. Um, Heart One says, I like Arteta's press conference. The more I listen to him, the more I know about new Arsenal. I, I agree with that. I do find him very refreshing. Um, uh, and I find what he says very encouraging. Uh, Dave Atkinson says, if Partey is as good as Arsenal supporters say, why are we the only club in for him? Good point. Um, I do think he is that good. Um, I think he would be an absolute steal at 50 million euros. Uh, an opinion that was backed up by Jonas Yever on our social club show, a Spanish football journalist, earlier this week. Um, if you haven't checked that out already, please do. But I don't know, you, you don't know that other clubs aren't in for him, but you know that on the continent in particular, there's been a massive, massive hit from the COVID stuff. Uh, we know that the likes of Barcelona are struggling for money, um, which is unheard of. Real Madrid, um, they're not in the best financial state. Um, you know, we see Manchester United hesitate over paying the asking price for Jadon Sancho. So there's clearly been a massive impact on, on people's finances and I like to think that that's why nobody's gone in for Thomas Partey yet. But also caveat it with the fact that Atletico made it very clear that they were going to do no business before they were eliminated from the Champions League. And that happened, what, last week, the week before? So it's still very, very early days in this transfer window. So I think we just need to chill out on that a little bit. Um, uh, Chris TV says, did you see Fabrizio Romano's comments regarding Arsenal whilst with league? Oh, no, I haven't seen that. Um, I haven't, so uh, feel free to to let us know um, what was said. Um, 95 Winston says, I don't hate him, talking about Genduzi, but there should be no room for a child with his attitude. Uh, what else have we got here? Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Um Anthony D brings up Everton, who appear to be uh, looking to spend some serious money in this transfer window. He says, so Everton are spending like crazy. How the hell does that work? Well, we know that Everton are backed by some very rich owners at the moment. They wouldn't have got Carlo Ancelotti uh, if that wasn't the case. And I think that, you know, yes, it wasn't a great sort of, I know he only had half a season. I think he took over the day after Mikel Arteta did or the day before um, so he hasn't had long in the job. He's a great manager. And I think if he gets the backing, you'll see Everton progress as well. And and they can spend because they have the money. And of course, let's not forget FFP rules have, are going to be relaxed because of COVID, which allows clubs to kind of spend now and worry about the repercussions later on and try and dress it up in, in whatever way to try to avoid what FFP uh, will do to them. But the, the fact is this, that FFP, 
has been made a bit of a mockery of by Manchester City, hasn't it? Um, with everything that happened, you know, you you charge a team and then they get found that actually you didn't have enough proof. It just makes a mockery of the whole thing. And the whole thing's been a shambles from the start, to be honest. Um, as much as I'm for it and I agree with it, and I agree with its principles and the concept of it, I just think it's so difficult to implement. You know, these football clubs have got the best legal teams in the world who will find loopholes, find ways around it. So, yeah, um, I wouldn't really pay too much attention to the FFP restrictions at the moment. Uh, Ishma Adams says uh, the reality is it's going to take two or three windows before we become a fully balanced team. Patience. I completely agree with that. Um, that's one of the most level-headed views we've we've seen on here for a while. Um, completely agree with you um, in what you're saying there. It is going to take time. Um, it is going to take time for Mikel Arteta to identify exactly what he needs. It is going to take time for Mikel Arteta to get the targets that he wants. It's going to take him time to coach this team the way he wants to see them playing. Um, there is so much work to be done at Arsenal. This was never going to be a quick fix, an overnight fix. We've got to understand that. And, you know, as much as it would be great to get the checkbook out and go and sign five, six, seven players in a single transfer window, it ain't going to happen. And, you know, we also need to move on players. I think we've all spoken about that enough. Um, but you can only move on players when there is a possibility to, and that means people have to be interested in them. And at the moment, um, there is not that interest in, in a lot of our players. And so, yeah, we're going to have to, we're going to have to be patient. In some cases, we're going to have to wait till their contracts are run down. That's the reality of it. Um, let's keep going through, uh, Keith Kim. He asks, what's your thoughts on our white away shirt? I think it's shocking. It reminds me of raspberry ripple ice cream. Um, it just looks terrible. I know it's supposed to be marble, supposed to represent the famous marble halls at Highbury, which is a great sentiment, but it's a shit kit. Let's be honest. Um, Arsenal should never wear a white home shirt. Uh, uh, not home shirt. Arsenal should never wear a white shirt, full stop. In my opinion, it's a Spurs colour. I don't want to see Arsenal wearing a predominantly white shirt ever. And I just think it's such a poor design. The idea behind it was good. And I think that they obviously a lot of time and thought and efforts gone into that. But sometimes just keep it simple, man. I've said it on previous episodes. Arsenal's kit should be red and white and the away kit should be yellow and blue. Simple as that. Now, if you're going to do that for a third shirt, I'm a little bit less opposed to it. But as an away kit, no way, Jose. It doesn't, doesn't work for me. No, thank you. Um, Khalid Ishmael says... Do you think that Partey is worth 45 million with the current state of the market? Yeah, I do. Um, fucking Ben Chilwell's just gone to Leicester for 50 million pounds. So, you know, it's hard to make a case that says that Partey is not worth 45 million, as you as you say there. So it's, um, yeah, I, I think it is about right. Um, it's just we're in a position where we're a little bit cash strapped at the moment. That's the problem here, isn't it? Um, the asking price, I think, given today's market is a reasonable one. Uh, but unfortunately, we're in a difficult situation. We're in a sticky situation, as as I keep saying, as are many clubs. Right. Uh, before we come to the last few comments, uh, keep them coming, guys. We'll get through as many as we can within the sort of hour um, on today's show. But 
400 of you watching us across the multiple platforms at the moment, 141 likes. Guys, please, let's get that up to 200 at least, at the very least. Smash that like button if you haven't already. I keep banging on about it, and I feel like I am banging on about it too much. And do forgive me, but I've seen the benefit it's done to the channel. And once we get to a point where we don't need to ask for likes anymore, um, then, of course, we will stop. But at this moment in time, it is helping the channel grow very, very fast. And probably the growth we've seen in the last three, four weeks, 28 days um, has been bigger than any period since this channel started. So I really, really appreciate that. And uh, hopefully we can continue with that. So please, um, that really does help. Share the video, like it, subscribe to the channel if you're new, um, all the usual stuff. Uh, so keep up the good work. Um, right, let's see what else we've got here. Um, da -da 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 -da. Just having a look um, at some of your comments. Um, Raid Atari says, the reports are strange. Gabriel can sign in quarantine. Partey is key and Arsenal should close the deal. Arsenal with Kroenke is a disaster. Yeah, he can, I guess, technically sign in quarantine. But then where would we do all the fancy, uh, fancy stuff that Arsenal love to do? The photo shoots, the videos, the interviews and all of that. I do genuinely think this deal is done. Um, but I think because of quarantine, Arsenal are having to be responsible in the way they handle this. And as I've said earlier on, I think that's absolutely the right approach to take. But I wouldn't worry about it just yet. I do think that the deal is done and I do think an announcement is imminent. So just stay patient, guys. Um, he says Partey is the key as well. Yeah, um, I've been banging that drum for a while now. I do think he is the most uh, important player that uh, that we would bring in from outside this uh, this summer if we're able to do that deal. So, yeah, um, agree with you totally there. Uh, Ian Barron says, hi, Harry. I am watching this on my sickbed, unfortunately. EMA, I'm really, really sorry to hear that. And I genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, wish you a speedy recovery. And hopefully you'll be uh, back on your feet, not before long, um, back watching the Arsenal. And then you'll have to contend with the stress of uh, watching Arsenal and nothing else. But uh, fingers crossed for you, mate. Wishing you a speedy recovery. All the best. And uh, thank you for tuning in. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, Akshay says... Why not try Lewis as a central defensive midfielder and switch to a back four? We lack creativity when we play with a back three. As I've said, sort of on podcasts during the season when we were actually reviewing games, I think Mikel Arteta is well aware that we've got a problem in terms of the fact that we're not creating as much as he would like and as much as we would like as fans. But the reality is he's had to make a decision between sacrificing that a little bit and making us more sturdy in defence. And he certainly made us more sturdy in defence. And for that, he deserves immense credit. I'm not sure about Lewis in this defensive midfield position. We always hear it. I'm not sure. I think David Lewis in a back three is the best David Lewis you're going to possibly get. And for that reason, I would keep him in that back three. I think his experience could be key particularly in embedding the likes of William Saliba and Gabriel when he um, joins and, and gets up to speed. So, yeah, I, I think you will see Lewis as an ever-present in the side again, uh, but it will be, in my opinion, in that central defensive position. Um, Giridharan says, do you think Ozil will play a game for Arsenal? I miss him already. Um, 
listen, this is a really shit situation with Mesut Ozil. When I done a video about his, um, or done a podcast, an episode after he gave that recent interview to the Athletic, in which he really pulled no punches and and, and said it all, um, didn't he? He he wanted to defend himself publicly, wanted to make his case in the public domain. And I do feel a little bit sorry for him having read that interview because I do feel like he's been hung out to dry purely because the club financially don't want him anymore. They want to move him on. And it feels like they're doing their utmost to shove him out the back door. And that is wrong. Um, You gave him that contract. You signed him up to that contract. You now have to honour it. Now, do I think that Mesut Ozil has always produced at the level we've seen him produce in the past? No, he really, really hasn't. I think we can all agree with that. But the other side to that coin is he's been in and out of the team so much over these past two seasons that it will have been difficult for him to build up momentum. And I'm not making excuses for Mesut Ozil. I just, uh, some of the things that come out of that interview they just made me feel uneasy about the way our football club has treated him. And and so I've got a bit of sympathy for him. If you're asking me, do I think he'll play for Arsenal again? Yeah, I do. Um, I do. I think if Mikel Arteta can forgive Mateo fucking Genduzzi, then he can forgive Mesut Ozil. Um, I think it was to do with the, uh, with the, the pay cut issue. And look, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Mesut Ozil's concerns around where his money were gonna, was going to go were vindicated when the club made 55 people redundant. So there you go. Um, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Um, Barry says, hit the like button, Gooners. Yes, please, please do. Um, what else have we got here? Um, Igor says, hi, Harry, watching this for the first time, I would say that we need a playmaker as well as a DM for it to be a successful window for us. First of all, Igor, welcome to the channel, mate. Um, pleasure to have you on board. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Um, really, really appreciate you joining us. And I love seeing new people in the chat as well. Um, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think a playmaker is someone that Arsenal would probably like to get in as well. Does Willian fall into that category? is something I'd probably throw back, maybe. Um, does Mikel Arteta see him as someone who is a bit of a hybrid in the sense of he can play from the flank, but he's fully competent in that number 10 role as well? Um, will we play with a number 10? I don't know, in which case is a playmaker a bit of a waste of time. And that's why he's gone for someone who is a bit of a hybrid like Willian. I don't know. Um, it's, it's really interesting um, to, to see, you know, where we're going to go in terms of this, what route we're going to take. But yeah, I, I do agree that we need a couple of midfielders to make this, well, to make it a completely successful window. But will we get them? I'm not sure. Will we have to be patient? Maybe do something in January, maybe uh, uh, park that, postpone that until next season. Um, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure. We'll have to wait and see, of course. Uh, let's have a quick look at how many of you are watching us at the moment. Uh, 400 across the, the multiple platforms. Thank you guys so much. We're just 13 likes away from 200, guys. Come on, hit the button. Let's get to 200 before I wrap up the stream in a couple of minutes' time. Uh, what else have we got? Um, Omar asks, Harry, do you think it will be first team of starting on Saturday? Or will we see rotation? I think he'll try and get as close to the best team as he possibly can. I really do. Um, not because 
in my opinion, the, the community shield is a major trophy. It certainly fucking isn't. But just imagine the confidence boost if we were to get a positive result against Liverpool. Just imagine um, having beaten them in the league towards the back end of the season, having done City and then Chelsea in the FA Cup. And then if we got another positive result against Liverpool, it would really help Mikel Arteta convince the board that he's on the right path and that he should be back more. It would also help the players believe in what he's doing and it would breed a massive, massive amount of confidence. So, um, yeah, I think he'll be keen to get as much out of it as he possibly can in terms of a result. He'll want to take a positive result. Certainly won't want to get beat. Certainly won't want to get beat badly. Um, so, yeah, um, you know, I think he will try and get as close to that first team as possible. But you've got to bear in mind that it's not the week before the season like the Community Shield normally is. It's actually two weeks before the season starts, um, which makes a difference, doesn't it, in terms of where players are in terms of their fitness level. So, um, you know, that that will play a part as well. And I think you'll probably see uh, quite a lot of substitutions probably at half time. I think Liverpool will do the same as well. Um, so it will kind of um, it will kind of level the playing field as well. Um, what else have we got here? Um, just going to pick up one more comment, I think, before um, before we uh, wrap up here. Um, DWTT says, Harry, love your takes on the 90 Min show. Seems you are the stepsister due to Arsenal's position in the league. Looking forward to those days when the panel is looking up to you. Yeah, look, it's not been easy um, being on there um, in recent times. We've taken, I've taken a lot of criticism, understandably, a lot of banter as well from the lads, but they're great lads and it's always great fun doing the show with them. And actually, that gives me the perfect opportunity to mention to you guys that we're going to be doing another stream in about 20 minutes. And it's something that is in association with 90 minute football. So stay tuned here. Um, seven o'clock, I'll be going live with Dan Potts. We're going to be talking um, about a few bits and pieces Arsenal related. We're going to be looking ahead to the Community Shield final in a bit more detail. Um, but it is an exciting new project that is off the ground now. Um, it's been off the ground for a little while, but we're stepping it up. We're changing things up and I can't wait to tell you guys all about it. So do come and join me again uh, just uh, around about 7 p.m. this evening. So in around about 20 minutes time, we'll be back. I'm going to get a quick coffee uh, until then. But thank you so much. Uh, oh, oh, we've got a super chat. Um, I've got to read it out. Sorry, um, because I've been criticized for missing super chats in the past. And I apologize because I hate doing that. Uh, but a big thanks to Peace and Love who's donated. Um, where is your comment? Let's find it. Here he is. It says Arsenal will win the Premier League this season. I bloody well hope so. Uh, <laughs> love the positivity. Absolutely love it. Right. That brings us to the end of this stream. We've been going for over an hour again. Bloody hell. These are only supposed to be half an hour, but such is the interaction. Um, and I love speaking to you guys that the hours just flown by once again. Um, thank you to everyone who's tuned in, whatever platform you're listening to us from. Uh, big hello to those of you on the audio. Leave us a review uh, on iTunes if you haven't already. And to those of you on YouTube, by the time the outro plays, if you haven't already, make sure you hit that bloody like button. We'll be back soon. Cheers. <laughs>